welcome back to PRSSA podcast. My name is Basha. I'm a PR senior at Emerson College and the vice president of brand engagement on the PRSSA National Committee. Today, I'm here with Paula Phelan, COO at Intelligent Relations. Paula Phelan is an accomplished entrepreneur and visionary leader in the technology and public relations industries. With over three decades of experience, Paula has been at the forefront of introducing disruptive technologies and assisting numerous companies to successfully exist. Her passion for innovation and her expertise in areas such as cybersecurity, quantum computing, 5G, AI, and machine learning have established her as a prominent figure in Silicon Valley. Hi, Paula. How are you today? Thank you so much for taking the time to come on our podcast. Hello there, Barbara. Absolute pleasure. I have history with Emerson. <laughs> oh, really? What's your history with Emerson? Well, I'm not a, a full-on alum, but I uh, audited a great number of classes, sat on the wall there on Beacon Street for many, many uh, hours. So yes, uh, in the 70s. Okay, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it keeps going strong. Um, you've been working in public relations for over 30 years, and you've been focused on new technologies and using them to your advantage. How do you combine PR and tech? It Right from the beginning. It has always been core. Uh, marketing and, and technology have always been uh, central for me. I started in technology, actually, as a software developer. And... Um, ended up moving more into marketing later on and, and was really the bridge between that gap of technical knowledge and marketing because often you don't have the same person doing both things. So that was how I, I came into uh, adding real value in the PR space. That sounds great. I feel like those usually people don't think about them as like fields that go together, but you found a way to make it work. Um, I'm always super interested in people's educational backgrounds, especially in fields like PR, when I feel like you can come from anywhere. I'm doing a bachelor's in PR with a psychology minor, um, but you have a PhD in psychology and user experience, right? So how did that contribute to your career and daily work? Now, I used to play it down. The truth of the matter is it had a pretty significant role um, overall. It, it, at the end of the day, it's helping you understand human behavior. It, um, it assists in helping craft compelling narratives that people can understand from both a heart place as well as a thinking place. Um, and and uh, recognizing what people's motivations are and being able to address them honestly and straightforward with the solutions that I'm representing. So it, it definitely made a difference. And, and on the UX side of it, in truth, the PhD was about human factors, being able to make technology easier for people to access. And that all came from the PhD. When I started, you couldn't get into human factors or user interface design without a, a PhD in psychology. So that was the initial uh, motivating factor. And at the time I was working at HP Labs. So they gave me a lot of kudos and leeway in being able to leverage that into new technologies that were coming along. And in fact, AI and quantum were part of that back in the 80s, if you can believe it. It just took a while for us to get where we are now. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. I think everyone thought that this just came like this year or last year. 
The vision for it's been around for a long time. It was just the horsepower, the CPUs were not there to be able to, to make it a reality. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, let's talk a bit more about intelligent relations. So intelligent relations has a very innovative approach and describes its services as AI-driven PR. Considering all of the controversy around AI, how do people, for example, new clients react to that? Ah, <laughs> they re react to the benefits. The benefits are incredible. So I kind of skipped over the beginning of my technical background, but I've had the opportunity to be standing in I've been in the room at the moment of really amazing things. So I worked at MIT for a while and what became the Media Lab and, and Harvard and what became GPS, basically working on pro projects like that. So when it comes to AI and, and intelligent relations, I had for a long time been saying PR is... PR has been doing it the same way. All public relations professionals have been doing it the same way for the past hundred years. And there has been an obvious opportunity as technology got closer and closer to us. Yes, you know, we have word processing and yes, we can use social media and all these things, but the effectiveness of it hasn't gone up a great deal. Our reach has gone, you know, we can reach a much broader audience, but our ability to clearly articulate messages, to convey the right marketing message to the need really has been elevated by AI and by machine learning. It started with machine learning. So if you were using number of workflows that were very well established, machine learning had the opportunity, has the opportunity to be able to streamline all of that. And now between machine learning and AI, it's just moved it into a whole new world. So there's nothing to be afraid of with it. I mean, Okay, in the big picture, when quantum hits, that's another story. But right now, it's it's still just math. AI is nothing more than math. It's what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And in on the PR side, it just it improves quality. It improves the ability to get to the point faster. So it removes incredible amounts of tedium that PR people just inevitably uh, are exposed to putting lists together and, and, you know, really struggling with new ideas and ideation and such that, um, that AI steps in and says, here, let me give you a hand. Right. Yes. I think a lot of people were immediately worried that AI is going to take all of their jobs, but from what I'm hearing, we just got to use AI and people who actually know how to use it and are going to use it are the ones that are going to keep the jobs. Yeah, it's it really AI can maximize your impact just straight up, but it, it's a matter of learning it just like any other tool. What most people think of when they think of AI, they think of generative AI, first of all, right? So yes, I can write your press release. Well, an AI generated press release looks like an AI generated press release. It's not going to fool many people. It's it it's the outline. It gets you depending 70 to 80% of the way there, depending on what it is you're writing up. So just imagine it takes that first hour or so out of the building of the press release so that you can really focus on what matters in the press release. Um, so generative AI is, is just a time saver straight up, but it doesn't replace the PR professional who still has to evaluate, is this the right message? Is it, is it going to address the needs of my target audience? right? AI can't do that. Only the PR professional can do that. And 
who does this go to? So that's the other piece. And that's one of the elements that Intelligent Relations, our new product we just came out with at Preston, really makes a difference because it's not only generative, it's also recursive. And I can tell you more about that if you'd like. I'm so glad you're saying that because I think everyone just thinks about generative AI and they don't think about all of the other tools that we also could be using right now. So do you think this is the future of PR and people kind of need to get on board with using all those new technologies? I mean, there's no doubt there will always be a place for the more old fashioned traditional PR that we're all used to and have you know lived with for many, many years. Smart people with lots of experience are always of value. I mean, you can't replace experience. Experience is powerful stuff. But so, for instance, the reason I was attracted to intelligent relations in Preston was the very fact that it's not just the generative piece. We're out there looking at every article that comes out every day. So we got 40 million articles right now that we're monitoring. And we're also looking at those, at who's writing those how do they feel about the subject? What's going on? So sentiment, all of that. So this is the recursive piece. It's learning about the publications and the editors and what they actually care about. So we have that. And then we're also doing the same with our clients. So we're putting all the information that the client has, all the content that they have, um, every announcement that they've done, information about the product into our platform. So it's getting really, really smart. So it has all this information about the journalists and their pubs and the our clients technologies and so now we can clearly figure out who wants to hear about this where in the old days there was a term of spray and pray of you just put it out to everybody let's see who responds right now we can identify the 10 people who actually care when they last wrote on the subject how they felt about the subject and it's just it's like that and in the old days, that would have taken hours to do, or you would have had to have been somebody with 10 plus years experience to know who that journalist was, what their history was, and what they're going to care about today. So if if you're not part of the whole technology revolution, you're going to get left behind. Right. And I'm glad you're saying this. I think I'm going to jump to a different question, uh, which is if you could talk a bit more about in what capacities do you use AI? So like what types of work do you use AI for? Does it only complement work done by humans or is it the main tool that humans only use like prompt to do tasks? Well, let's just start. I use AI every day, all day. I have two computers open all the time, one with chat GBT, one with Bard. They're very different. They And I have Bing too. So I will use each AI differently depending on what it is I'm working on and how I use it. Um, on the surface, AI is for the generative piece. Yeah, there's no reason not to use it. First of all, if you're not using it, you're wasting time. Sorry. It is that much easier. And it is a starting place. It is not the final place. It is a starting place for anything that you're working on. It just gets you going. The piece that most people don't think about with AI is keep asking it questions, ask it questions, and it will, and have it ask you questions. So you can get to incredible richness of depth with regards to knowledge of technology about yourself. I mean, it is an incredible tool. Without a doubt, you want to be careful, especially, by the way, let me put out that warning sign. Warning, warning. If you're working with public companies, you got to be really careful how you're using AI. Think about it 
Think about it. That's all. It is a powerful tool. You have a rocket ship now. You want to be on the front end of the burners, not the back end. So you really need to pay attention how you're using it, how much information you're giving it. Because think of it this way. Whatever you're putting in there, it's just like putting it out on social media. You are now putting it out to the world. And mostly that's okay. But if it is intellectual property, it is something that's really important to your client or to you that you don't want shared with the rest of the world. Don't put it on the internet, period. So how do we ensure privacy when <laughs> using AI, especially as someone working at a PR firm, like we have client information and all of that? There is no privacy. And oh, by the way, there is no privacy on the internet. It does not exist. So, you know, it's funny. I, I was telling you about my way back uh, time at MIT and, and working on the internet. And when we were developing it, um, and I wasn't the first, I just was in the room working as a grunt. But nevertheless, when we were developing it, there was no intention of securing it. That wasn't what we were doing. We were opening up this medium so that people could chat and learn together. We never worried about security. So it was not designed to ever be secure. The internet is not secure, will never be, not in this format. So it's the same thing with AI. You put something on AI, you're showing it to the entire world and it will live forever. <laughs> That's the other thing. Right. I think that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. Like they can used to not having that privacy. But honestly, it's been like that for a while now. Since so. the beginning. That's right. I used to tell um, when I presented at schools, when social media was first coming out, I would say, careful what you post because some future employer is going to see it. Nothing goes away. It is a permanent record that will randomly come up when you least expect it. Mm -hmm. I think it can be a challenge to keep up with all the new technological advances and applying them to your work. Sometimes before there's even any research available, how do you manage to do it? This is, this is another one of those elements of why the new technologies, AI and such, are so important. In the old days, with my old agency, Nadal Phelan, I was the tech, technologist. I was the person with the technology expertise and brought it to the PR folks and did educational classes, really dug in. It was important to me that everybody understood the technology that they were representing. So now it's just easier with AI. Because of that recursive learning, people can learn about technology much faster. And without me having to be the bottleneck anymore, I, you know, I have 30 account managers right now. And bringing them up to speed on any given technology is so much easier because one, I can create classes in AI. Two, I can understand exactly where their gaps in knowledge are much easier and then be able to drill down on those and be able to create curriculums for them through AI saying, these are the things you're going to want to learn moving forward and helping them along the way, as opposed to me standing in a room, just giving lectures, right? Now I can create these really amazing classes. And by the way, that's also Cypher Learning has this incredible curriculum capability using AI. And it's like 10 minutes and you have an entire curriculum put together that would have taken you weeks and weeks in the past. This is amazing. This really is going to change and dare I say, revolutionize education just straight up because we have access now to so much more knowledge simultaneously and 
the ability to analyze it. So that's one of the things, staying on top of technologies, focus on areas you like, things that are of interest or industries, because every industry is going to have its own take on how to use technology and will customize it and optimize it for their industry. And by that, I mean, telecommunications, government, finance, uh, retail, education, any one of those are each vertical markets and they will all use this technology differently. So if there's a vertical market you particularly like, figure out how is AI and the technologies being implemented there. For instance, fashion gets technical real fast. So education, being able to build curriculums, that's a big deal. Telecommunications, it's just everything. It, it's all the information in your phone. It's how you're able to text and switch between applications. It's It just goes on and on. So picking a place where that you enjoy, start there, because it's going to get deep and dark very quickly. It's going to take time to still learn. You still have to, to put in the time. It doesn't take that away from you. It's just, it gives you more time to focus on what matters to you. And then ultimately, hopefully to your clients, it gives you greater access. So there's, if I were to make one suggestion there is really honing your analytical skills, your analysis and analytical skills. The thing I just said a moment ago about asking AI questions, that goes back to the analytical skills. Do you know what questions to ask? Anything that you have around that analysis, uh, data analytics, any of those elements, classes that you can take in those logic, by the way, <laughs> good old fashioned Aristotle logic will help you. How do you communicate with the technology? That's really key. So those are classes I would highly recommend taking. Wow, this was a great answer and great advice for anyone kind of getting into the field and trying to keep up with all of the new technologies. So I think we're going to jump into another set of questions because a lot of our listeners are PR students or young professionals just entering the job market. So my question is, what career advice would you give students or young professionals? One thing has come to the forefront for me over the last several years, and it's the ability to focus. A lot of people in PR are drawn to PR because it's always moving. There's always something. People who, who like being in the fire and having lots of stuff coming at you simultaneously and, and being able to sort through that, those tend to be great PR people. But at the end of the day, you still need to be able to focus. And that's being eroded in, in just because of the way we, we live in the world now, the cell phones and such. Can you sit for one to two hours just learning a topic? At technology. Those are going to be the superstars because they are getting fewer and farther between. And while, yes, you might be able to do a cursory understanding of a message or a cursory understanding of a bullet point on, on a feature set, it's different than truly understanding the entire gestalt of a given technology and or market. And those people are going to be the most valuable people moving forward. Because you can listen too. Listening and focusing. These are the two skills. <laughs> wow, that's an interesting one. I don't think I've heard this one before. And I've interviewed a lot of people. But this is great advice. I feel like especially with all of the new technologies, we don't even think about them. Now our attention spans just get shorter and shorter. By the way, that's not an imaginary thing. 
because it's how we're living our lives now. But it's those people who can step back. So I've worked with a lot of investors. I've worked with a lot. Of, a lot of my guys have gone on to be the billionaires that we all know and love. But at the end of the day, all of them can still do that focus thing. And that's what makes them special. Well, of course, wow. all that would be too, but that's another story. <laughs> um, are there any other skills that students could be working on developing right now in order to thrive after college in this new economy? Oh, not so much new, but this is going to be a surprise. So one of the things at one point over the last number of years, I wrote a couple of books and I did it because I was interested in a topic and um And I enjoyed the process. But the truth of the matter is it made me a much better writer. It really did. And I, I thought I was pretty decent when I started out, right? Yeah, yeah, fine. I got a PhD. I can write. But at the end of the day, it really improved my writing dramatically. And so writing, write. And that's something you will use for the rest of your life because you're communicating all day long through the written word, even though emojis help, I admit. But When you're communicating messaging, it's going to be through the written word. So the better that you are at it, the further you'll get in life, period. I think this is a very important one, especially in PR. And this is also one I keep hearing that we have to keep writing and keep developing that skill. Yep. And then finally, a question that I really like to ask is what is most exciting about your job? The innovation. Every day I turn around. Oh, oh that's That's another thing AI brought in. So I was very focused only in infrastructure, gnarly technology. And AI has enabled me in particular to expand on the breadth of types of companies I can work with, partly because it's given me more freedom, right? I can now expand my vision to take in food and fashion and things like that, that were never really part of my, my world before. There are two things, two things in particular. One is my old geek self who just loves the new technology that's coming out and how much it's changing the world. I mean, you hear this kind of stuff all the time, but do not underestimate this. What we're seeing now is the equivalent of the internet and the cell phone combined, how that changed our lives. That's what we're seeing now. So, and if you were to ask me this question in another 10 years, it's going to all look completely different. So we're just at the very beginning and how incredibly exciting is that? Everybody who's coming up with a new idea, it may be the first time that idea has ever been had. Wow. So that gets me going. And then also how people are implementing the technologies in ways that never would have occurred to me. In, in food, food processing, in um, waste management, in sustainability, just new ways of being able to, you know, using still a lot of the older methodologies that we know, but because we have this technology that our cumulative intelligence, that we are now able to uplift almost every single industry that's out there. So I haven't found one it doesn't impact yet. Let's put it that way. So it, that keeps me, there's something new every day, every day. I learn something every single day. And how exciting can that be? I mean, That's life. Yeah, I mean, sounds pretty exciting to me. And when it comes to working at Intelligent Relations, do you have a favorite memory of working there? So it could be something like your proudest moment or a funniest one or anything else that was memorable. Huh. I wasn't prepared for that question. So let me think that uh, thing that comes to my mind, because we have we're in 15, 16 different countries right now. The thing I really love is I tend to be in 
early bird. So I get up at like four in the morning, but you know, that starts my day in Romania. And then I move on to, to France and then Spain and the UK and across the States into Asia. So by the end of the day, I've actually pretty well covered the globe and to be able to get insights as to how different people live. You know, we think it's all the same because we all have the same phones and we have the same computers and the same internet, but it's not, it's just not. There are different perspectives, different cultures, different, different ways of being in the world. And each country brings a, another complete unique culture with it. So being able to experience that has probably been among absolutely my highlights and wonderful, wonderful people. Wow, that sounds amazing. And so finally, my last question is, if you have any other predictions for the future of public relations, what does that going to look like? Huh. I had to think. Public relations will never go away. People are always going to need people to help them communicate their messaging. So that's never going to disappear. Your ability to analyze and articulate, analyze data and articulate the the results of that data and the benefits are going to be absolutely critical. Your ability to do analysis and quality communication, whether it's in writing or podcasts or whatever it's going to be, that is, that's what's going to be most important. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners. Stay tuned for more podcasts coming soon. Thank you, Barbara.